Welcome in everyone to our Cracked Rackets 2020 US Open Men's Singles Recap. What a fantastic three weeks in New York. We just saw obviously so much outstanding tennis, so many dramatic finishes, none more so than our final here for this US Open. Dominic team coming back from two sets to love down, first time since 1949 that's happened at the US Open. He does so to capture his first major title of his career over Alex Zverev. Joining me to break down that match, give our preliminary thoughts to recap this U.S. Open. You, of course, know him as our Cracked Rackets do everything. A former Denison men's tennis great, the only undefeated high school tennis coach in Missouri State history, James Foster McDonald. Jamie, it's a day later. I'm still hungover. How are you feeling about this U.S. Open? Very hungover as well. Uh, man, that <laughs> took a lot out of me. It was stressful. Um, it was very frustrating at times. So, yeah, I'm glad that it's over. But, you know, even more glad that we get to sit here and talk about it now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And what we're going to be doing today, again, recapping the final, we'll talk about did the best player win? Should this tournament have an asterisk next to it? Of course, we're also going to talk about the quality of play and what we thought about a U.S. Open with no fans, how that played a factor. Now, if you want to hear a more extensive breakdown on the men's final, go check out Monday's mini break podcast. You want to hear a more extensive breakdown on both the men's and women's action we saw in New York, go check out the Great Shot podcast I did with Matt Stachowiak. And of course, if you want to hear our thoughts on the women's draw, you can find that video on our YouTube channel as well. But Jamie, let's start with this men's final. Dominic team, 2-6-4-6-6-4-6-3-7-6 victory over Alex Zverev. Your thoughts on his win on this match? Listen, it was a good win, uh, but a poor match overall. That's what I have to say. And you know, you don't want to, you don't want to, you know, bash on anyone too much, especially someone who's a you know Grand Slam champion for the first time, right? But listen, you mentioned it—the level of play in this match just a bit disappointing, um, both from Dominic Team and Alex Verev. Of course, it had its ebbs and flows, many momentum switches, um, and at the end of the day, it was the last man standing, and that was Dominic Team. But a bit disappointing, especially from the start. It just felt a bit off. Um, and listen, here we are. I'm, I'm disappointed, but at the same time, who am I to judge? Well, you know, Jamie, I'm a fan of poetry, and I just think the poetry of this moment met the occasion. It's been such a struggle for all of these players to break through in the era of the big three, the big four. We haven't had a first-time Grand Slam champion in the ATP game um, since Marin Cilic did it in the 2014 U.S. Open, and so uh, it was it was fitting in my mind to see both of these players clearly struggling to get over the hump, get over the finish line in this match. Now, of course, there were pockets of brilliance for Alex Vera who will always hold a spot near and dear in my heart. Uh, The fact that he won 92% of his first serve points in that first set went 7 of 8. The fact that he won 86% of his first serve points in that second set went 15 of 20 at the net. He came out so aggressive, had such a smart game plan. And yes, part of his success was due to team's poor level of play, but it was so encouraging to see Alex Vierov race out to that lead. And yet, you knew the jitters were going to come. They certainly did at the end of that third set gamesmanship from team as he's down 3-4 in the third he sends three rackets to his team to go get restrung indicating hey he's here for the long haul but ultimately why do you think team was able to flip the script in this one Jamie? 
you know, you don't want to, again, you don't want to take credit away from team because he did a great job of digging in when he needed to. But, you know, unfortunately, this thing was on Zvero's racket. Um, you know, he had the chance to close this out in the third, gave up, you know, some sloppy breaks. He had the chance to pull this thing together. He was serving for the match in the fifth. And so, yeah, you can turn and say, yeah, phenomenal job of team for hanging in there and just, you know, staying on the court quite literally. But it was Alex Zverev's match to lose and, and that he did. And unfortunate to see that sort of crumble. I know, obviously, as you mentioned, we, we go into depth about this. But, you know, the very things that we worry about with Zverev and that people have been talking about, right? You know, crumbling in the big moments, whether it be the serve, whether it just mentally taking off and, and being very passive. I mean, if you compare that tennis in the fifth set that Alex Zverev was playing to what he did when he started this match. And again, that's not fair because they had just been on court for four hours and there was so much going on. But I mean, it is just a stark night and day comparison. That is just a different Alex Zverev. And so unfortunate to, unfortunate to see him go out that way. Um, but at the end of the day, he played a really, really tough match and Dominic team just a, a bit sharper mentally in the fifth. Yeah, I think for Alex Zverev, 92% of his first serve points won the first set, 53% in the fifth set. That's pretty indicative of how his level dropped. And look, he continued to move forward. I thought something so encouraging was how well he was striking the forehand in this match, uh, really absorbed everything team tried to do and was able to dish out some pace as well. And he had his most success when moving forward, but you could just tell he got tentative. He started, you know, just sort of cozying in or babying those first volleys, giving team second looks at pass. Passes. And Dominic Team too good physically, too, you know, mentally tough of a player. If you give him two looks at a passing shot, he's going to take advantage. And so that kind of gets us to, did the correct player win this match? You know, did the best guy win? It's hard to say no, right? Given Dominic Team was the person able to struggle but get over the finish line. Zverev, if he wanted to get over the finish line, this match was there for the taking. As you mentioned, he served for the set at 5-3, was firing in 68-mile-per-hour second serves and 72-mile-per-hour first serves in that fifth set. Hard to say the wrong player won this match, but in your opinion, did, do you think the right player won it? It's tough. When you look at this match just individually, it, it's kind of hard to say yes, just like you mentioned, because Zverev showed such a high level at the beginning, because Dominic Team came out super flat. You know, if you ask that question toward the beginning in the first couple hours, it's Alex Zverev who absolutely should have won this match. Now, the fact that Team hangs in there, the fact that Zverev kind of goes away, even if you start to add a little bit of context around this U.S. Open, I mean, Dominic Team just came off of a straight set win over Daniil Medvedev, some guy who's been an absolute force on hard courts, particularly at the U.S. Open as well with his run last year. So you start adding, adding all those things in, you start thinking more and more, well, Team really probably was the one to deserve this title. And especially when Djokovic went out after he was defaulted against Carino Busta, everyone was pointing to Dominic Team, And I think that's an important factor in this match too, right? Team was the favorite. Um, and so that for sure, weight on him in this one but from what I saw I think the correct player won this tournament given the players not in the draw and then also Djokovic losing early no, I agree with you. And look, for Dominic Team, he becomes the first man born in the 1990s to win a Grand Slam title. He becomes the fifth player in the open era to be able to come back from two sets of love down to win a Grand Slam. As I mentioned, the first to do it in the open era at the U.S. Open, the first to do it since Gaudio did it at the 2004 French Open. But he deserves an enormous amount of credit for just sticking around physically, for staying alive. I agree with you. You look at his body of work up to this final, had only dropped the one set to 
to Chilton had looked so impressive throughout his one uh, his run here. I agree with you. I do think the best player won this event. I think this match was on Zverev's racket. I think he very much could and probably should have won this one, and he'll be kicking himself. But ultimately, all of the credit in the world goes to Dominic Team, who gets over the hump. He had made the finals of the Australian Open, had two finals of the French Open in his past, had won at Indian Wells, made the finals of last year's year-end championship event. Uh, it felt like it was a long time coming for Dominic Team, and so he deserves loads of credit. And with that history, Jamie, with the fact in mind that this has been a build-up for him, this isn't a one-off result. This is something a lot of us saw coming, certainly not under these circumstances, but it was a reality that Dominic Team could win a slam in 2020. Do you put an asterisk next to this result? I mean, the short answer is yes. Um, and again, that's not to take away from Dominic Team. And again, you know, you and I went into this in, with, in great length um, on the mini break. But look, it's important to mention the context that's going on with this U.S. Open. Um, I think it's irresponsible to just say, hey, yeah, Dominic Team won this first slam. It wasn't that great. I mean, you don't mention the fact that you have a ton of top players not playing. You don't mention the fact that Djokovic goes out the way it does and all the surrounding circumstances. And it just, again, it doesn't take away from his title because at the end of the day, he's a Grand Slam champion. He's somebody who, as you mentioned, asserted himself as a top player. He's been at the top of the game for years now. He's made other routes, but didn't it feel like he just really needed to overcome one of the big three to cement himself here? And I'm not saying that's necessarily a requirement because, listen, at the end of the day, he didn't control that. He got in the draw and he worked through it as you're supposed to. So, again, he's the champion no matter what. It just feels weird to mention this result even in the future without talking about what was really going on during it. That's fair. And had team beaten Nadal and Djokovic at that Australian Open, he beat Nadal, had Djokovic on the brink. Uh, that would have felt like a crowning moment. Had Medvedev beaten Nadal in that U.S. Open final, I agree, that would have felt like a crowning moment. And that would have been beautiful poetry. But we all know that's just sometimes not how tennis works. And again, a point I'm repeating from the podcast. Uh, for Dominic Team, the way to erase any doubt, just win a second major. No one's going to talk about how you won the first one when he wins a second one. And I know we both think think he's very capable of voting a second one. Again, to keep this short, some people call it an asterisk. I call it context. Whenever we talk about the 2020 U.S. Open, we'll talk about everything that was involved in it, dating from the pair 11 through Djokovic's defaulting through ultimately that five-set final we saw. Um, but no, I say no. I say this was a long time coming. I say we knew Dominic Team could win a slam in 2020 that he didn't in this fashion. Not how any of us would have scripted it, but not something that should surprise any of us. And, you know, when you look at the quality of play, Jamie, again, he was just the guy throughout this event to continue to find that next level, that higher level in a match when it mattered most. Uh, what did you think? You know, it was a funky final, but the quality of play in this event. Yeah, it's unfortunate because my answer is probably much more positive if I'm not taking this final into consideration uh, <laughs> because I was really happy with the level. I mean, especially what team displayed in that semifinal win over Daniil Medvedev was phenomenal. Um, and so I, I think obviously you try and expect that from the champion to move to the semis to finals to sustain that level or even perhaps get a bit better to take the title home. Um, funny enough, that's not how it happened. Um, Zverev showed some great flashes at the beginning of this as we already touched on. So the level of play in this match in particular I, it was a little disappointing but overall at this tournament i think was phenomenal the first huge tournament back after this coronavirus hiatus um really good to see a lot of players finding you know just solid form and, and it bodes well for the rest of the season regardless of what happens now 
It feels very 2008 to 2010 ish, where you have a bunch of young players. At that time, it was the Djokovic's, the Murray's, the Del Potro's, the Monfis. Right now, it's the Zverev's, the Medvedev's, the Demon Hours, the FAs, the Shapovalov's, who are all working their way, who are all trying to figure out okay, this is the player I need to become to have success at the highest level. And I think that's what we saw at this US Open. And again, what you have to remember, you need to be patient because what 2008, 2009, 2010 led to was 2011. 11, 12, and 13, when you have the big four all relatively near their respective primes, and that was probably the best three-year tennis uh, stretch in men's tennis history. I think we're on the precipice of that. That's why I continue to be so excited about this next-gen crew, because there are so many really talented players. Uh, But yeah, they're definitely still trying to figure it out, and it was probably better for them. Can you imagine team goes down two sets to love? Zverev probably gets over the hump, right, if there's fans. It was was in these finals, in these apprehensive moments, they were both three sets and five sets respectively, that I felt the absence of fans most. But overall, you know, I thought this was a spectacular U.S. Open. Yeah, really glad that we got, you know, we were treated to have this sort of tennis. Really quickly to address that, I don't know if fans necessarily, you know, it's hard to know what exactly would happen. A lot of times when somebody gets down, it's actually the fans pulling somebody back into a match. So perhaps they would have helped team there. But regardless, it went down how it went down, right? And it's uh, it was a tight 7-6 to win this thing in the fifth. Yeah, it was an exciting match to end an exciting tournament. And of course, again, we will talk about this event with more depth on our various podcasts, the Mini Break, the Great Shot podcast. So be sure to go check those out. Jamie, any final thoughts on this event? No, I mean, really, just for me, I'm really excited to see who carries momentum from this tournament into the next, into this clay court swing and the French Open. You know, I'd love to see some of these big names, um, perhaps somebody who got knocked out a little earlier, like a Sitsipas, do really well on the clay and, and, you know, have an exciting run to the French. But really, you know, it's just up to us to sit back and watch what happens. Yes, no answer. Does team win the French? No. (laughs) I love it. We will explore that more further. Again, you can find all of our content by going to our website, crackedrackets.com. But with that in mind, for my wonderful co-host, Jamie McDonald, for all of us here at Cracked Rackets, we hope you enjoyed the U.S. Open. We thank you for sticking around and watching it with us, and we will talk to you all soon. Take care, everyone.